0: Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk, my name is Mark Paul, co-host is Justin Baker in the studio. Studio. You heard it here, folks.
1: Yes. In the Phil Collins. That's right. I mean, do you know what it means? I still haven't figured out what that means. I know that Earth, Wind & Fire was, I I don't know if they were just the trumpeteer, you know, horn section in that song or if they legit were part of writing it, but... They were there on the music video. So. They were there in the studio. In the
0: studio. Uh, okay, so on today's show, uh, we won't unfortunately be talking about music. That's uh, you know that's for another life, for another podcast, other passion. We actually could do a podcast probably on music. Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah, that would be interesting. But uh, hockey is what we want to what we want to talk about. We know that's what you want to hear about. And uh, after a two week hiatus, where uh, I was. I feel like I went up north and came back, and then I went up a different north. A <laughs> different north. I look at Lake Huron, and I went all the way up. You know, I mean, I, I went to Lake Michigan, but up to like Traverse City, if you know anything about Michigan, basically to the top of the fingers.
1: Yeah, and for those who don't know, yeah, he's using yeah. his hand as a map. So and if then, you're not from Michigan. And then uh, shoot across the
0: border into Canada the next time and come, go up north of Toronto. So I, went,
1: I made a little V yeah, with my travels. By the way, I got to ask, did you ever get stuck in any uh, traffic or nonsense with the the Raptors championship people? Uh,
0: no, no, we actually didn't. We okay. were... We kind of... We we went north of Toronto. Like, we we didn't go through like Toronto. Like, went around. Yeah. Okay. We took the toll road so we could avoid the city, because <laughs> it is much, much better. Uh, Toronto is crazy traffic. Uh, so, on today's show, we are, of course, as we did our last show... You may have forgotten, since it was two weeks ago, uh, we did the bottom five teams in the draft, which are technically the top five teams here in the draft, bottom five teams in the league. And uh, now we're going to go through six through ten, which are the Detroit Red Wings, the Buffalo Sabres, Edmonton Oilers, the Ducks, and the Knucks. Uh, So we're going to do those teams. Before we do that, though, there has been some activity throughout the league. And uh, we want to jump in on that, give some analysis and uh, our thoughts on what's going on throughout the league. So let's start with the Jacob Truba trade, probably the most significant deal made thus far in terms of a trade. Jacob Truba dealt to the New York Rangers for the 20th overall pick, which was actually Winnipeg's first round pick they acquired for Kevin Hayes. And Neil Pionk, young defenseman, Neil Pionk, Uh, your thoughts on the trade.
1: Uh, First off, just a, a nice pickup for the Rangers. I mean, basically, they just rented out Hayes for a few months. Who they can legit go and re-sign if they want to in New York. I don't think he'll be back, but, I mean, that would just be funny to me. Apparently, he wa- he's, that's one of the teams he's considering because he hasn't re-signed with the Flyers. Right, right? and it's, I mean, granted, I, I've heard that Philly's made a good impression on him, that he really likes the facilities, yada, 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 but, I mean, you know, it's like, it's Philly, come on
0: yeah it's Philly I mean it's really not that far from New York anyways but no yeah. uh Truba on the Rangers now we see this you know a Rangers team that had given up everybody acquired Jacob truba we got to think that a long term deal is in the wings here uh Truba's kind of been that guy that's been getting these small shortened deals because the Jets had to sign other guys and he kept kind of getting pushed further and further down the line and push comes to shove no way they're going to be able to sign him to probably what he'll get is somewhere around this like seven and a half seven yeah yeah i was going to say just shy of maybe a john carlson kind of deal yeah so the rangers definitely have the cap space to do it and i think this signals that the rangers are not looking to finish in the bottom of the league anymore like they're not trying to tank they maybe don't necessarily expect they'll make the playoffs, but they feel like they have a group that they can move forward with. And, you know, I got to think it has something to do with Henrik Lundqvist.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I necessarily don't think that, you know, maybe that's why they went out and got Jacob Truva because he's still young. He's still 25, and I think, you know, even if you're still in a rebuild mode. You know, don't you know is ancient? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, 25 as a D-man, I mean, you still got – you still got some decent life left in you, and if they're doing oh, yeah. a rebuild, you know, I mean, come on. He would be a great piece to add, and he's right-handed shot, which, you know, how many of those pop up in the league? I mean, ki- you know, parents, if you're listening out there, get your kids to play D if they're right-handed because they will cash in even if they're halfway decent. So, right, which is really like a, someone who's left-handed plays right-handed right right for the um, most part you could yeah sure i don't know i'm right-handed and i play left oh uh, see i don't i'm right-handed i play right except Why did when you I'm play in, defense i should have son of a gun uh anyways yeah so good pickup for the rangers and then y- you got to look at it too i think you know ranger fans have to be a little careful here because granted yes they went out they got a good piece and i they definitely won this trade however you know there's all those rumors now like okay yeah we're gonna probably get you know Capocaccio, or you know, maybe Jack Hughes, if by some miracle New Jersey decides not to to take him, and then possibly Panarin, and you know, Ranger fans would probably be screaming like, "Oh, we're gonna win the Cup now!" No, slow down. You still have some work to do. So don't get too excited. There's still a rebuild to go here.
0: Yeah, uh, I also like Neil Pionk going to Winnipeg. He will he'll fill in a in a gap, and I don't think that Winnipeg's done. I got to think that that first round pick is in play. For them as well, uh, but there, this is a good draft for getting what you need. You know, I, I I can't remember who who it was that I was listening. I think it was Brian Burke said this is a kind of draft where there's so many of each different type of player: a speedy defenseman, a, a big defenseman, a like a, a high a scoring winger, a, a setup guy. You know, there's there's a lot of these different guys at these different sizes and they kind of all fall within a, you know, here's your top five of these choose who you want, choose who you like best. And so we may see teams looking for need. And so a team like Winnipeg, they might go, Hey, you know, we, we know maybe in a year, like we're going to need this guy, especially young players. You think how many young players are coming into the league at 18, 19, 20, it used to be a first round pick especially a guy who even at like a second or a third, these guys weren't coming in the league for three, four years, you know, and then, and then even, even then, you know, it's, it's all a crapshoot. So now I feel like a lot of teams are taking chances on younger players because it's a lot easier. It's cheaper. And if you can get uh, if you can hit a home run or even just come close to having a decent guy come in on the second or third round, you've got a guy who's making 950,000 bucks He's cost controlled. He's an RFA at the end of it. Doesn't matter. And so I, I think we're starting to see maybe teams choose need over, like, all right, this guy's absolutely yeah. better.
1: Montreal's uh, a perfect example of that, too. Last year, Coke at Miami, I think yeah. any other team, any other year, he probably would have been sent down and, you know, hey, go ripen a little bit. But yeah. cost controlled, they had a need at center real bad, and it worked out pretty good. Yeah, it did work out. I think, and yeah, I think sometimes if you have the right players around, a young
0: player can develop at the pro level and it's not a bad thing. They don't, not everyone has to go and dominate at a lower level to come back right. up. Like that's not everybody has got to build that.
1: this kid's confidence. And yeah.
0: No, not everybody needs that. Now some, some guys, I think, I think you just got to know your players, right? And you got to know who, who is going to come up and be, if the Canadians had been a really bad team, it would have been a little bit more rough. Sure, sure. It, it also helps. I mean, Coke and Yemi, I, was he in the, was he a, a European prospect or was he actually playing in the Canadian Hockey League? I can't remember. Because if, if they're coming from Europe, they can go and be sent to the AHL. Right. But if they're coming from the OHL, it's either go back to the OHL or play in the NHL, which is just the stupidest thing. <laughs> I don't know why the league puts up with that crap. It's ridiculous. They're the NHL. Just go, no. What, like, that's not going to be the agreement anymore. You, the only reason why you have leagues is because of us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that. Maybe that's not, <laughs> not totally true, but in a lot of markets, I think that it is. People go to see those players. I understand that, but I mean, just do better market your players better. I guess if you, I guess, yeah. <laughs> teams should have the option. Maybe one like one player in the, their organization, they should be able to go. All right, this is our exception player.
1: Well, juniors has the exception where they can bring in guys before it's they're 15. sixteen. Yeah. yeah, so give give me an exception <laughs> player like
0: the Leafs with Mitch Marner. The year that he was on London, I mean, obviously, it all worked out. <laughs> Everything's okay. But they should have been able to send him to the Marlies instead of London if they wanted to. Maybe they wouldn't have wanted to. London's not a bad place to play. Uh, but I think teams should have the option because I think there are a lot of players where the teams would go, well, yeah, let's let's like keep him in-house you know, rather than giving him away to an OHL team where we have no control over who develops him right. while he's with the team. But uh, How did we get there from the truth? I deals? had no idea. Um, okay. Let's let's go to this Justin Braun deal for the Flyers. Uh, this we'll, we'll kind of lump this in with uh, Niskanen with Matt Niskanen for Radko Gudas. So the Flyers get rid of Gudas and add Niskanen, and they also add Justin Braun from San Jose for a second round pick in this week's draft and a third in next draft. Uh, I mean, you can't. I mean, this I, To me, Justin
1: Braun replaces Radko Gudis because Niskanen is a totally different player than Gudis. Yeah, I don't, I, to be quite honest, I'm not sure that Niskanen is going to be that good of a defenseman for the Flyers. I think because he's a righty, I think you know they, they kind of almost like reaching in the draft a little bit. I think they're overextending themselves thinking, hey, this guy's going to be better than he was, even though last year he looked like he was completely slowing down, completely going the other way. In terms of his I mean, talent, uh, apparently he's had some injuries. So, well, maybe could, that could might be play injuries, a part of it. Sure, too. absolutely, and I, I kind of like Rakogudis. I think he he does very well on the penalty kill, and I think he still adds a little bit of grit in there where a lot of you know teams like to see on defense. Um, you know, Braun, like we talked about, he's he's a right-handed guy. He um, right he's right-handed. I can't remember. Anyways, no, he's a lefty. I'm sorry, Braun's a lefty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, Braun has gotten very good last year. You know, he developed. Much better at killing penalties and playing a 200 foot game. I think originally he he was taught it as you know an offensive guy, and I think now he's kind of found a niche being more of a, a Vlasic type guy behind you know Vlasic, you know playing on the second line with Carlson. Now again, I I'm not reading into it too much because he was playing with Carlson pretty much all of last year, which maybe could have inflated his play a little 51. bit more. What Carlson played? What he played like 60 games or something like that yeah. last year. Yeah. So maybe it made Braun look a little bit better than he actually was. And if that's the case, then, you know, good for San Jose getting what they did out of this pick. You know, needing to shed a little bit of cap
0: room. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the move for both teams. Uh, Especially, you know, obviously Eric Carlson signs with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, What? Eight year, $11 million deal. About on par. 11.5. 11.5. Yeah. About on par with what he probably would have gotten in Ottawa. Maybe a little bit less. Taxes are a pinch higher in Silicon Valley, but uh, it cost a living pretty pretty low there. I right hear right. Yeah, uh, Valley. <laughs> I think the I think the average the average cost for a house is like one point one million. It's like
1: Toronto's market. It's yeah, that and that's I that, mean that's a crazy housing market. That's too, American money. Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> I mean, you th- you think like okay, you come to de- like Metro Detroit, the average house is like one hundred and ninety thousand or something like that. Yeah. And the average house there is one point one million dollars. That is insane. yeah. Google and Apple—they've just
1: killed the market. You can't there. find you can't find
0: a house for cheaper than like seven hundred fifty. It's grand. it's
1: worse than I think living in New York to be quite honest. Probably you find like a two hundred square foot apartment for like fifteen hundred bucks a month. Bye. See ya. Hey, you get this little mouse hole for?
0: Yeah, that's no thanks. Uh, okay, so the I, I I do find this funny, uh, David Clarkson. Asked to submit a 16 team (laughs) trade, no trade list, because that's what he has. Um, God knows why he'd ever say, nah.
1: Yeah, who cares who you trade me to?
0: He's on LTIR. He's never playing again. Uh, He has a $5.25 million cap. And of course, the Vegas Golden Knights are trying to trade him. Remember, he was acquired during the expansion draft. And that was how the Vegas Golden Knights got William Carlson, was. Because of this Columbus, deal, they yeah. said, all right, well, we'll take David Clarkson off your hands and uh, and you give us this. No, it is interesting that they're trying to move him because he's not he can go on LTIR. He doesn't actually cost them anything towards the cap. So I'm thinking here if Vegas is th- is trying to like may- maybe they're going to be up against the cap. This does signal one thing to me. They can't they can't spend more than the cap.
1: They right. have some kind of internal cap. Well, to me, what I you're you're kind of on the right track here. What I think, and that's you know the ability to spend above the cap, right? You know, you're allowed to spend ten percent. Is it over the cap? So ten percent um, w- uh, before the season starts. Yeah, right. Like in the off season. And you look at. I'm hearing. I've been hearing a lot of a lot of talk, especially from Darren Dreger. Uh, he's saying that he's heard now, and GMs are apparently freaking out and panicking that the cap's not even going to go up to 83 like it was projected that apparently it might go 82 or even a dollar or two less which would put a lot of teams in a bind because you're thinking that's a good you know bottom six guy that you're probably going to lose now in that one million bucks right so you know for a team like vegas who right now has the highest cap hit in the league zero dollars they're above 83 million dollars right now but but that ltir sure it'll move it'll knock off but but that to me says they don't because they still have to pay David
0: Clarkson, even though he's not on a cap it. They're right. still paying him,
1: and so that to me says, there is.
0: well, they don't want to. They don't actually want to pay over the cap. Sure, because now they're up against the and cap. They don't now. have the money. Well, I don't know well, about they, that. But. I'm thinking they. Well, no, because even though they're up against the cap, that if a guy's put on LTIR, if they're up against the cap, it goes away. Right. And so it doesn't count against the cap. So really, it doesn't really matter. But in the offseason, though,
1: it still counts towards the cap. Ah, so in the offseason, they can't spend. Yeah, so you can't spend, yeah. Yeah, So when you have to re-sign guys like William Carlson and Thomas Nosek, that extra $8 million you were hoping for, even less now because the projected cap space is going to go down, now you're in a pinch and you don't have the money to spend. So now you have to remove a little bit of that money so that you can spend. Yeah, who would be willing to – what would you –
0: be willing to accept for david clarkson like what what are they going to need to package because to me that's minimum second round pick Plus, that much you think minimum second round pick for five
1: million bucks i you know what i would actually
0: do. have to pay a guy so right so i mean let's let's just go off
1: here how much are you willing to pay in dollars for a draft pick so you know what I would okay you know what I would try to do I would find a team that maybe is looking for a third line center or a third line guy to play some penalty kill minutes or would really like that depth centerman and try to throw in Thomas Nosek with him right say hey we'll throw him in you throw us back maybe a sixth round pick and take Clarkson's contract off our hands and maybe that might work out hmm. because Nosek's a great penalty killer he's got speed he's still young he's a RFA so you don't have to worry about you know. Getting him poached, but um, so that that would be my thought. That's what I would try to do, or maybe a, a goalie hungry team and say take Malcolm Subban. Maybe he might. Yeah, but Malcolm Subban's been he was hard. terrible last you year. You want to pay five million bucks for Malcolm
0: Subban? Oh no, one's going to pay five million bucks. That's what you're going to have to pay if you take David Clarkson. You got to pay five million bucks. Oh, well, I know essentially. So me, yeah, okay, to, I guess essentially. Fi- like I'm thinking from an owner's perspective, you go all right. We can get this guy if we're willing to just. Give someone five million dollars, right? David Clarkson has one year left on his deal. One year, yeah. Okay, so five point two five million dollars. So somebody has to be worth not only whatever they're getting going to get paid, which Nosick probably going to get somewhere in the two five range, maybe, yeah. Uh, and so that means that for Thomas Nosick, essentially, you're going to pay almost eight million dollars to have him on your team. Is he worth it? <laughs> Well, there's not
1: many people. Yeah, I guess. You need it's... to give
0: me a first round pick. Ooh. I think I think to get to get Clarkson off off my hand, I think you need to send your first round pick. That's gonna be tough. That's gonna be real tough. I I mean and if I'm some other team,
1: I mean I'm going I'm not I'll do Well it I, wouldn't yeah, I, wouldn't saw, to, like, I wouldn't want to they, help them out because you saw like they they all. were Vegas was "Quote unquote," helping other teams out by taking these players off their hands, and look right. what they did. So right. they robbed everybody. So of course they're not going to get robbed again. Final,
0: I think Columbus is finally like, she's oh, finally. This is kind of biting me in the ass, right? <laughs> because you know that everyone two years ago was going, "You idiots! You gave yeah. up William Carlson for Josh to keep Josh Anderson, and now he's so much better and scored forty goals." Yeah, how much is? William Carlson kicking himself for not taking a long-term deal, though. Right. Oops. I mean, it's not like he's going to get... Hey, he'll still get paid money, but... $3 million or anything, but yeah, he'll still get paid. I, I mean, if he's smart, he just goes and takes another one-year deal and then goes to unrestricted free agency, and he probably has a nice little market for himself. Yeah, centerman, second 27. Line, Second-line centerman. You know, he's, yeah. He's their first-line centerman, sort of, but kind of first-line by committee. But. Right. Um in terms of the Flyers and Kevin Hayes do you think he signs with Philadelphia or do you think he's
1: gone I think he tests the market yeah because I if you look at it right this is a year where there's a, a very there's a lack of high-end centermen right now you know there's Matt Duchesne and then there's everybody else and I think if Hayes goes to market he's right underneath Duchesne and I think he can cash in pretty good and he gets to pick whatever team he wants to go to I mean you know, granted, a lot of the legit Stanley Cup contenders might be up against the cap or a little bit closer. But um, I, I think most teams would be willing to find a way to squeeze you in somehow. So why not go there?
0: OK. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree. There's no reason not to unless unless you're going to get an eight year deal, like which is hey, Carlson signed with San Jose, you can get that
1: extra year. And of course, when he's well, see now Hayes can't get that eight year because his rights were acquired after the deadline. Right, so he can only get seven. But nobody was going to sign him
0: to an eight year deal, anyways. No, no, of course not. not. He's not that kind of guy. So he's probably looking for something in line with uh, like just under JVR kind of money. Is my guess probably like a five year between
1: six and seven million. Oh, I think he's getting seven anywhere else in the league. Yeah, yeah, at least it's seven million for Kevin Hayes. I'm not willing to pay that. Well, I, I definitely wouldn't. But I'm, like I said, lack of quality centermen. Somebody's going to pay him that money. So
0: yeah, and and with the, you also have to remember that there is going to be some kind of CBA renegotiation, whether that's a lockout or not, or if it's some kind of you know whether that stupid stuff happens. Hopefully, they just figure it out. Right, and, and that's what we do. Uh, but. You got to think that there's going to be some sort of adjustment or something new placed there. So if I'm a player, I'm also thinking, all right, you know, there, there could be something coming that stops me from getting these longer deals or stops me from getting something. And so you make your deal Get now. It now. Yeah. Get it now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's head to working through these teams uh, the Detroit Red Wings. First team on our list. They do have the sixth overall pick for this. Did they have the fifth overall pick last year? No, they had six. They had six, yeah. So for the second Phillips. year, they have the sixth overall pick. And maybe not quite as obvious who they should take. I think we had a a list of a couple guys that they could take. But as far as I'm seeing in mock drafts, you could probably toss seven, eight players in there, depending on what the Red Wings think. You know, I – I've never talked to any of these kids. I don't know what they're like. <laughs> and so the Red Wings, obviously they have a need for defense. My hunch is that they look hard at a defenseman if there are some available there. Uh, that would be where I'd lean if I were the Red Wings. But there's nothing, you know, if you think a kid is far and away, way better than anybody else, then you're you're going to nab him. Uh, with the sixth overall pick and then having to, uh, I mean, really not much to re-sign, I think. Let's start here. Nicholas Cronwall, is he, is he out? Is he
1: done? No, I think he you could think re-sign. resign. Yeah, I think it'll be like a uh, you know, one, $1 to one. two million you know, one one-year deal. Yeah, something cheap. Okay. Yeah, but why not? Because you know he's going to spend – I mean, we said it about him this past season. He probably would have, but he didn't. But I would assume that you know, Eisman's going to be like, hey, dude, we'll give you a couple million bucks. You'll probably spend a quarter of the season in the, the press box to keep that knee fresh. What do you say? Yeah. So play if he's willing. Games. I mean yeah.
0: play fifty games. Yeah. Just take every other day off. Be it's I think it's it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have him there.
1: No, I mean come on, if if you can have Cronwall even with a, a bad knee or take Jonathan Erickson, I'll take Cronwall all day yeah, long. Yeah, remember they used to always have Dan Cleary around <laughs> all the time. Stop he, was, he turned down that two year deal from Philly and Holland's like, Oh yeah, we'll 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 give you two years, but we gotta do it on one year contracts. Hated yeah, him for that. Yeah uh so a couple of guys that uh you know it's it's gonna be a,
0: first off thomas vanek did come out today and say he is not retiring he is looking to play next year
1: i doubt it's with detroit it's not no detroit won't re-sign him yeah yeah no they're not gonna they're not they're gonna stay stay away from these older guys i think eiserman wants to anyways as much as possible unless they are like a nick cronwell for example um you know obviously Detroit's got some moves that they would love to make. I think Eisman's going to try to work the phones and see if he can unload, you know, maybe one of these ugly contracts, whether that's Frond Nielsen's or, um, you know, what's his face? Uh, Justin Abdelkader, maybe, Darren Helm. I don't know. One of those guys would be great, no but. What's taking Justin Abdelkader? <laughs> I know, I know, but I mean, you would hope that maybe he could con somebody into doing that. I think he just has a complete no trade clause. Yeah, he does, but. <laughs> And so does so Darren, does Darren Helm. Helm. But, I mean... I, I got to think that those guys would be willing to move if they were able to go somewhere. Yeah, be like, hey, well, you can play in the fourth line here or you can go play maybe more minutes somewhere else. Or at least play on a playoff team. Right. Uh, which I don't think that the Red Wings are
0: too... Like, it, if the Red Wings next year were to make a playoff push, I don't. it wouldn't shock me, but I still don't think they're... I don't think they're there yet. But it all depends on, all right, you know, how... How does Zadina look next year? Uh, you know, are they are they able to maybe a Joseph Valeno? What is he looking like? You know, there's there's some different options, but defensemen, if they trade either Mike Green, Trevor Daly,
1: I don't think Jonathan Erickson's going anywhere. Jamie Kaiser, there would be a contract they'd love to get off the books, and he's still young enough. Another to no trade maybe, clause. But, yeah, I know. Full God. no trade. Freaking but Kenny Holland. I,
0: I mean, I think with Erickson, Daly, Green, all UFAs at the end of the year. I think there is some some paths to to dumping them. Uh, I I think you probably want to hang on to green because you don't really have a defenseman like
1: him right now. Uh, at least a veteran well,
0: defenseman who can move the puck.
1: Yeah, okay, veteran. I guess yes, Daly, I guess Trevor Daly, sort of. But. but I think we we've seen the development of Phil Veronik, uh, especially in the Worlds. He looked really good on that that Czech team, and he looked like he could move the puck. And I think Detroit hopes that maybe he could turn into a pretty good top four guy. Um, but Mike Green, on the other hand, too, if you're a Detroit fan, maybe you're looking at the trade deadline and saying, "Hey, you know, maybe we can find a way to move him." And I, I think that's most likely. Yeah, he could get a good return. Plus, I mean, if you're looking to improve your team, you got to keep them. But then
0: you look at you know where you're at at the deadline, and that's right. that's where you could deal a guy like that. Uh, you know, they're they're gonna have some interesting contracts coming up too, because you've got Mantha, Athanasiu, Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, and Evgeny Svechnikov. Who, I mean. Svetznikov could have a, a halfway decent season. First-round draft pick and brother of uh, Andre. Andre. So, I, I mean, what are your expectations for a guy like uh maybe a Michael Rasmussen, and then, of course, Philip Zadina, who we did get to see a little glimmer of in the last, what, 15 games or so of the regular season? Yeah, a little season. bit. Where, where do you think those guys' development is going? And ultimately, how
1: do you think that impacts the team's performance on the ice and in the win-loss column? Yeah, I think a guy like Sestnikov, you're going to probably see uh, start the year in the AHL. Probably a guy like Sadina as well, unless they have just a tremendous camp. Um, that is assuming that you know most of these contracts, these terrible contracts we talked about, are still coming back. You know, Detroit probably won't have too much roster space for these younger guys. I think a guy like Rusmussen will make his way back onto the the team full time this year just because he is a big net front presence that I think Detroit really enjoyed having last year because they don't have a lot of guys that play down low in front of the net in those those harder areas. Um, but for Sveshnikov, I would like to see just a healthy season out of him since he's come to Detroit, it's been a lot of injury plague seasons and so you haven't really got to see a full you know, body of work for one year from him. So I think regardless, you know, even though you might have a little higher expectations in terms of point totals for him, to me, it's just, I want to see him stay healthy for the year and develop that way.
0: So like a 30 point season would be okay. Yeah, sure. 30, 35. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, Zadina starts up with the team. I mean, he I would already play, He already he would play that good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got to think that he's there, uh, maybe not playing on the first line or anything, but we'll, we'll see where he comes, you know, how he comes back. Uh, at this point, any free agents that you are you're hoping that the Red Wings sign, maybe they're you know, I, I gotta think that Iserman's there's something in the works to bring somebody from Tampa Bay. Like, well, a I mean Johnson, a Tyler Johnson sure,
1: yeah, it would be great, but um I I honestly don't think they're gonna really target any big names at the um you know, at free agency. I mean if you listen to his presser, he he talked about, you know, good teams aren't built through free agency good teams are built through the draft and i think detroit's going to try to find draft picks where they can unload contracts where they can of develop young um and i mean we've already seen the development of you know guys like you know anthony cu you know work their way up into the lineup into you know more prominent roles now so um you know i'm hoping after watching the worlds too a guy like anthony mantha comes full circle now he can start really scoring some goals and sniping them you know dylan larkins looked great i mean he was legit one of those leaders for team usa right really next good. to kane yeah. so dylan larkin this last year took himself from being
0: like well yeah he's an okay second line guy right to be like okay this guy maybe can he i would put dylan larkin probably in the like ryan johansson he's definitely a number one sure maybe isn't he's a better scorer than ryan johansson johansson that's very
1: true 30 goals for
0: larkin last yeah yeah Uh, but in, in terms of you know maybe where he's at with the rest of the league's number one centers uh, he probably is ideally a number two center, but what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna do? And especially if you can put Zadina on his wing, suddenly maybe he's putting up seventy points because he's right. got this high
1: end sniper of a guy on the, on the right. Yeah, side, so. and for me, I'm I'm very interested to see at the draft too what the wings do. Right, um, three second round picks. Right, so you could you could turn that into something, um, but more or less at number six, right. You know, obviously, they would love to get a defenseman. Um, you know, what's his face? Bowen Byram would be legit if, if he falls down to number six. Detroit would scoop him up in a second. However, I I got to think that he'll probably get snagged up by either Chicago or L.A. before he falls down to Detroit. However, what's even more curious to me is, OK, say Detroit gets the number six and Byram's not available. Does Detroit reach and go after a guy by the name of Spencer Knight, who is one of the most highly tauted goaltending prospects in oh, the last know if few Spencer years.
0: Knight's gonna go
1: sixth. Well that's the thing. Detroit has nobody in the pipeline to play goalie. So, you know, if your eyes are Eiserman, you're thinking, man, do we do we reach for this guy and hope he pans out because he could be the next maybe Marc Andre go. Fleury or I don't think he can do that. Okay. I don't I don't see it. I, I, I do think it's it is a reach at number six for sure. Number yeah, if you had number twenty and he's there Well no, I think he'll 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 go probably between teams. ten and fifteen, in my opinion, but it's just really, so, I mean, you've got Carey Price
0: and Roberto Luongo playing in the league. And, you know, there's not very many guys who are number one guys that were taken in the first round.
1: Yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury. Mark, yeah, Mark yeah. andre Fleury, yeah. It's very true, but, again, you know, Detroit, nothing in the pipeline for goaltenders, so... Which, which if you think about it,
0: it's, it's not... I mean, there's, hey, there's 31 starting goaltenders in the league, so... You know why why those guys go in the fourth third fifth round they should i mean someone should have taken them earlier right it's very hard to evaluate talent at the right. goal it's position. hard it's hard to evaluate but if you can figure it out then it would be worth like hey if you think that he's going to be a legitimate star then you take him at six because i mean he's going to be a legitimate star in your, right. your mind you know that's so it's it's hard to evaluate, but I guess if, if you think he's the guy, then he's the guy because a goaltender can absolutely change the entire landscape of your franchise. And the Red Wings are really holding on to Jimmy Howard. Just you're you're well, he's you're just plugging. He's that band-aid prayer. right now. I mean, you're living on a prayer with him because he had a really nice season last year. He did, but can he stay healthy and can he do it again? Right. And uh, unrestricted at the end of the year
1: again. So maybe a possible trade. Uh, Jimmy's going to be life. that guy over the next couple of years that's going to be floating on one-year deals till they find somebody to take over. So whether that is through free agency or the draft. So. And you know, Jonathan Bernier has a good season every three years. So you'll get, <laughs> get something out of him.
0: Okay. Uh, one last question. Where do you think the Red Wings fall when all is said and done at the end of next season?
1: Oh boy! You know what? I still think they're outside of the playoffs. Looking in, um, I, I think that they're not in the bottom three of the East like they were this year. I think they they definitely improve. I mean, they showed some moxie at the end of the season. So, but the problem is, is they you know every other team in that division is just getting better. And um, you know, you got to think. You know, I would hope that Buffalo's ready to make some strides. Um, I mean, t- so. Toronto, Boston, Tampa—they're still going to be there. Montreal again—I hope they. You know, I would assume that they're probably right where they were at last it's year, too. It's going to be so.
0: jam-packed in that division. Yeah,
1: so I, I don't see them making the playoffs, but I, I would like to think that they get a little bit better.
0: I, I think that
1: they will be – certain players will be better.
0: Okay. I, I can't – I'm just – I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off Ron's Nielsen. He's 35. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be an effective second-line center. Maybe this is a year he takes a step back. He's really more of a third-line center. And Anthony Sioux comes up. And, and, and the, their defense yeah. at this point. I mean, does Mike Green still look as good? Can he stay healthy? Is he he stro- has struggled with his health. I mean, really, his whole career he's struggled with his health. Uh, and you're going to have maybe Cronwell re-signs, but he's only going to play you know, 60% of the games. And so I think there's a lot of – There's a lot of hope. Like, let's say Zadina comes in. If he can score 25 goals, I mean, that's something to get excited about. Ultimately, though, the best thing for the Red Wings is to finish towards the bottom of the league. And at trade deadline, if they're not not within three points of the playoffs, they should sell everyone possible. I would agree. Absolutely. Okay, Buffalo Sabres. Speaking of them. Let's uh, let's go to them and their, their newly signed toy. Jeff Skinner signs a, an eight year, nine million dollar per deal per year deal. Uh, they of course Jack Eichel rocking the top at ten million, but uh, a lot of unrestricted free agents on the defensive side: Zach Bogosian, Marco Scandella, Matt Hunwick, Casey Nelson, guys who at the end of this year are all gone. Connor Sheary, Scott Wilson, Vladimir Sabatka, so potentially some guys that you can move because of the list that I just read, the only player that I'm going, man, I'd really like to hang on to that guy is Connor Sheary, And I'm willing to get rid of all the rest of those guys. Uh, but the Buffalo Sabres do have the seventh overall pick, uh, which is... You
1: know, They're going to get a good could player. Do, could
0: do something with yeah. that. And I mean, really, it's just is this team going to take that step with guys like Alex Nylander and Tage Thompson? Are these guys going to be able to actually make an impact at the NHL level? Because if they don't, I mean, they still, when you look at this team and you go, all right, how much better is this team now than they they were, you know, at the beginning of the season last year? And it's almost like they're worse.
1: They had such
0: a good start. They did. And after that, I mean – take them or take the St. Louis Blues. That I mean they basically had opposite seasons. The Buffalo Sabres were tops in the in the East at one point. Yes, they were. And the meanwhile the the Blues are last and then <laughs> they take off and the flip flop them and the Sabres crash. And so it's just it, it I I really don't like this collection of players. I mean I of course, you know, Jack Eichel, it's not his fault. But there, there just seems to be something wrong. And I like that they signed Jeff Skinner because Jack Eichel played so well with him, but there isn't a whole lot to like outside of maybe like a Sam Reinhart and Casey Middlestat. I don't love a lot, I mean, well, okay, forward-wise. Of course, defenseman, all right, Rasmus Dolan, he can make a big difference. Is this time, the time to
1: maybe look at actually trading Rasmus Ristolainen? Well, I, I will say this. I have heard his name floated out there, and um, it's a little bit hard to sell a guy who, during his tenure in Buffalo, has, I mean, granted, I again, I've been an advocate of not reading into it too much, but when the numbers this large, I mean, over his career in Buffalo, six years, it's a minus 143 that's hard to sell to any team Ooh. like, Hey guys, we got this guy. I mean, he's, he's 20. had <laughs> hey, this guy. He's not good. <laughs> just, just sell the right handed shot defenseman. Right. And the fact that he's 24. So, and if he pans out great, you know, $5.4 million a season is a steal for a top four defenseman who's right handed. Um, but I, 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 would expect Buffalo to make a lot of moves one because yes, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they really look any better than they were at the end of the season. And to be quite honest, when the wheels fell off, that's not the team you're hoping to get next year. So you have to do something, right? I mean, it ended up costing them a head coach, and they brought in Mr. Kruger here. Uh, but for me, Jason Botterill, this is his last chance, right? This is his last season. They have to make a splash. They have to make the playoffs, in my opinion, or he's going to be gone. So for me, this is a team that it would not shock me to see them make some big trades, to sign a big free agent defenseman, because right now I think they have projected around $20 million. Tyler Myers. They could bring him back. You could bring him back, absolutely. You could bring him back and get rid of Ristolainen. I think Tyler Myers would be much better in a top role. Um, yep. Yeah, playing alongside Dalene, that would be fantastic for the both of them. Uh, you know, this could be even a team where like a guy like you know Gustav Nyquist could go in and, and play some good second line minutes for the squad. Um, but you know, who knows? I mean, right now they've got Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt on that top line. But after that. You know, maybe, like you said, Connor Sheary's the one guy I like. And then after that, I'm kind of like, hmm, iffy on everybody else. So Casey Middlestat, right? You could move him. You could probably get a pretty decent yeah, return. He's the one guy that I want to keep. I, I don't know. think they're dealing a, a young center.
0: Uh, but Jake Gardner is the guy I would target if I were Buffalo. Ooh. I, I do think that, assuming the Leafs are able to deal Zaitsev, I think that Gardner will stay. Sure. But, why wouldn't you want to stay on a team that's probably going to be a contender? If I'm Buffalo... I mean, it's not far from Toronto. You know, you don't have to. It's you know, you're in terms of how far you're traveling for other things. You're not changing a whole lot. Seven million, he's, maybe he's an American. You give him maybe you push him a little bit and you give him seven, seven and a half. And if you're playing him with Dalene, it's not too shabby. Okay, okay uh, let's go to the Edmonton Oilers, who have just just been a treat. To watch over the last 10 years. Treat is a good word for it. You know, as a Red Wings fan, you got to be happy about what's happened to them since they beat the Red Wings in the first round when the Wings finished tops in the league, won the President's Trophy, and the Oilers beat them in seven games. Ever since then, the Oilers have missed the playoffs other than one year when they went to the the second round, right? Right, second round. All right. Lost to the Ducks. Yeah, and uh, have been pretty bad. So, uh I feel like we're basically looking at the same team we were looking at last year. Uh, the difference is that they don't have a... What's the best word to use to describe their former general manager? Um, maybe it's just, you know, a guy who isn't asleep at the wheel or was he drunk at the wheel? I'm not sure. Not sure which one. Either way, he crashed the freaking car. Uh, the car is like is on fire on the side of the highway and there are children trapped in the back. Children, and the firefighters are here to use those claws, jaws of death, or life <laughs> jaws of life. Of life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, no, they aren't trying to <laughs> jaws crush the of kids. death. They, the they do have you know they obviously they have Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaitel, but my like for all the talk about oh can they get rid of Milan Lucic's contract? I, I don't even care like. Let's go ahead. Let's write that off. Let's assume that at this point you have $76 million in cap space. And that's, that's that. I would tell Milan Lucic, go home. You're not playing here. Go orchestrate yourself a trade. That's the only way you're ever going to play in the NHL again. We would. I would rather pay him to do absolutely nothing and stay at home than wow. be on my team. That is how bad he is to me. I would rather bring up any young player, put him in his place. Don't care if he's good for the locker room or not. He's he's no good. He's way too big. Unless he comes back to camp weighing 20,
1: well, you know what pounds I would do? later. That might motivate him a little bit. You put him on freaking waivers. No, you can't. He has a new, no move. Does he really? He has a no move. What club. the frick? Yep. And that was,
0: uh, I mean, I, I'm i going, hey, you can, you can, you are not, he's not even a guy who I would let sit in the press box. I say I, we're very sorry, but you cannot play. And you, you have every right to go out and find yourself a deal. But goodbye, good riddance. You've been absolutely garbage in the worst signing in the last 10 years outside of David Clarkson. Wow. But at least okay. David Clarkson is willing to go, I'm hurt, I'll sit out. Right. You know, He's not actually really costing the team any cap hit if they don't need it. Whereas my, Milan Lucic is just completely useless. Yeah, I, I don't even want I don't like if somebody's willing
1: to take him, like I'll all hang on to 3 million. I am interested to see what Dave Tippett does because I love this head coach signing a lot. Now, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh god, Dave Tippett, he's a big defensive guy and they don't play defense very well, right?" Well, let's be honest. I the more and more I've I've read into it a little bit more and I I watched or listened to it in an interview with Dave Tippett. He's like, "I'm not a defensive guy. I just do with what i have right so arizona a lot of the guys couldn't score goals there so what did he do he just tried to play defense and keep and it worked out pretty good for him for a long time um so same with you know oilers right outside of Connor McDavid and a drag right they can't score goals so maybe he gets some of these guys to buy into playing a little bit more defense or maybe they actually go out and make some trades i don't know um you know, I will say after watching Kenny Holland orchestrate that trade where he got Dad Zook's contract sent to Arizona and only moved down a couple spots, uh-huh. like freaking a, um, he could still probably pull something off in this world. So who knows? So to me, maybe Lucci gets yeah, moved at some point. Let's I think doubt about it. But. All the other horrible. Okay, contracts yeah, we won't right, exactly. we won't talk about that because there were a lot of freaking bad deals. So um, I, I do think Holland has learned his lesson. I don't think he'll be giving out no. these Lucci type deals again. Um, but I am interested to see what Dave Tibbet does do with Milan Lucic if he lets him play, if he puts him on the fourth I mean, line, they're gonna and they, I know. they're going to have him play. But that's just not what I would do. I'd we know what you would do.
0: Goodbye. Uh, okay. And in terms of where the Oilers finish next season, I see. I, I think it's almost so premature to say anything because I think they're going to try and be active in free agency. Uh, despite, I mean, really, you they have, have to. They have about ten, maybe nine million dollars in in cap space. And you're you're maybe hoping. I mean, right now they have eight defensemen that all have one-way contracts. So, or uh, sorry, seven, seven with one way, making at least one point nine million. So they they have quite a few guys. They could move a Brandon Manning. Uh, Darnell Nurse needs a new contract
1: for next year. Yep. Uh, he is. He'll be eligible to, to sign an extension on July first. Try to get someone to take Chris Russell. I mean, there's a right-handed defenseman where teams might be able to say, "Hey, you know what? We'll take a chance on him. a lesser t- Yeah, maybe a, a team that
0: does that has a lot of cap space. And right? He could come in and play a five-six role. And I know he's got a modified no-trade clause. I'm not sure what it is exactly, uh, but he submits a ten-team trade list. Okay. And next year, he submits a fifteen-trade list. So uh, they actually, yes, they they okay they they do have both of their. Ability to hang on to some salary, so but I think you try and do everything you can for Milan Lucic. Uh, <sighs> send him back to Boston. We'd love to see him. Says Toronto. Uh, <laughs> okay, well let's let's move on to the Ducks, who were you know they they looked okay early on. They were giving up a lot of shots. John Gibson was a maniac in net, and it finally all fell apart. But they do have San Jose's first round pick, and. They have their own, picking at number eight, or sorry, at number nine, and, you know, it's Corey Perry, and he, I mean, I feel like he maybe has played his last game as a duck. There's a chance, I mean, despite having a
1: a no-move clause, I think there's a chance they buy him out. Yeah, I do too. I think they're going to try over the next week to try to trade him somewhere, even if it's like, hey, we'll eat half the oh, salary. I, I think you there's no doubt you have to eat half. Yeah, you so, have to eat half. Absolutely. So they're going to try to find somebody to take him and I think that's going to be very, very difficult. I I think you're going to have to convince him too to say, "Hey, uh, listen, we we got an opportunity to trade you. We're going to we're going to do it. Just just please go or else" Like you said, they're going to buy him out, and I think they probably would because there's no reason to keep that salary on the book. They got to create. I think what they'll probably get around like five ish million dollars in cap relief for this season. So,
0: I mean, I think if I'm Corey Perry, I say go ahead, buy me out, then I can sign wherever I want. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Unless you can convince him to go on LTIR and retire. Well, there's that too, but I don't think that's happening. In terms of the rest of this team, you know, there's there's not. There's actually a lot to like about this team. I don't really think that this is a, like, oh, all right, this team is just falling apart. I think there's a lot of money wrapped up in, in Perry. I think Getzlaff is still a good centerman. Absolutely. You know, there's, yeah. there's no doubt he's still a number one centerman. It just he needs to stay healthy. Uh, the, the one, I guess, the back end, outside of Fowler, Lindholm and Josh Manson, it's a little thin. At this point, they only have five defensemen signed. Uh, and or sorry, four defensemen signed. The other is Brendan Gould. and so Anaheim is going to be looking for a defenseman. And I got to think that you know maybe maybe you're looking from within. Uh, perhaps they're looking to deal, but I I think you're probably looking to to sign some mid level free agents to kind of fill in that that back end. Uh, but I'm wondering, does this team go all right? We have Ryan Getzlaff. How much longer is he going to be really effective? We maybe have one or two more years left of him being really effective. Is this a team that takes a shot at a bigger free agent? Uh, Maybe they're, you know, Artemi Panarin. Nobody's talked about Panarin to Anaheim. They don't really have the cap space unless they move somebody. But if they bought out Corey Perry, they would have the cap space to bring in Artemi Panarin, and Panarin wants to play by the ocean. Yeah, but I don't
1: think he's going to go there. Wouldn't I mean, be a bad I, place to play next to Ryan Getzlaff. No, no, it wouldn't be a bad place. But I think, you know, you want to look at a team that, to be quite honest, I mean, they've got their window, but it's only because of Ryan Getzlaff, right? So they have to. Ah, oh, but their window. I mean, Hampus Lindholm and Cam Fowler are, are no. They good pieces. The Ducks have very underrated yeah. top end of their defense. Right, good pieces there. Great piece in net. But I think if you're looking at other teams, right, like Florida or the New York Rangers, for example, Who's right?
0: Florida going to get net. Well, they go get Barbowski. That's are, what they're
1: talking about. Yeah,
0: but is that going to happen? Is he, are they going to get Barbowski and Panarin? They can. They oh, yeah. could
1: swing that. They'd and, have to and, move Hoffman out, but they and, could swing it. And
0: Then it. You're, you've got two guys making more than ten million dollars. Well, as a winger,
1: that's that's the market.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, a- Anaheim also has some some decent guys coming up through their. They system. do. Sam
1: Steele, Mac Jones. They got some yeah. some good players, but you know what I. Like, like we talked about, I, I think their window is small here for, for Getzlaff. They got one, two years left. And then I think after that, they're going to probably put them on one, two-year deals at most, at a yeah, couple million yeah, bucks. And, and, yeah, yeah and, and do that. So, um, But yeah, they do have some good young pieces. I think they just have to continue to develop younger guys um, because you know these contracts of Kessler and Perry and Getzlaff are kind of holding them back a little bit at this point where they can move forward. So, um, Well, I shouldn't yeah, say Getzlaff, but... my. Yeah. Now, I know Kessler, is he had another surgery. Right.
0: I wonder if Anaheim is going, all right, we're definitely putting him on LTIR, like at least for a little while while he recovers from the surgery. You know, does he come back? Or if he does come back, if he's no good, he's immediately going on LTIR. You know, they're going to determine, well, he's too injured to play or like, you know, his hip is garbage. Sure. So put him on LTIR and and you get that 685, basically $7 million in relief and you're good to go. Uh, which that, that allows you to do quite a bit. Yeah, and then you can want,
1: make a deal, but
0: Yeah, I do wonder if this team, you know, maybe they look at what they have and they go, All right, well we can we can deal Patrick Eves, you know, we can we can kind of maybe do a little bit of a refresh here. Maybe you deal a guy like
1: Jakob Silverberg or Ab- Adam Henrique, who you can Well, I don't think Henrique's going anywhere. They just re signed him, so Yeah, yeah. But I mean,
0: there's, there's gotta be somebody maybe who moves out. I mean, your top ends, your top end, unless you're bringing in somebody new, you're going to have the same exact top end and it's just not going to,
1: I think this is a team team that's, no, I think this is a team that's going to wait on guys like Sam Steele and Max Jones to develop. How good are they really going to be? Well, I don't know. I don't know. They could be top six guys. um, But whether they're top line guys is a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the Vancouver Canucks to close out the show basically a team
0: completely opposite positioning as Anaheim. Uh, they finished very close in the standings, Vancouver on their way up and up and up. And we see a, probably a pretty tall ceiling for this team. Whereas Anaheim we're a little unsure on. And so Vancouver is a really fun team to, to kind of take a look at. They do have, you know, an Alex Edler who's unrestricted, wanted to be in Edmonton, wouldn't waive his no trade at the deadline. And, uh, kind of hearing some different reports he they're not doing well in their negotiation maybe edler goes somewhere else uh i think ultimately he signs some kind of two or three year deal with vancouver and he takes a discount to stay there uh, but it really the forward position for this team isn't it it's it's pretty nice i mean bo horvat uh centering your second line and then Elias Pedersen. I always want to say Elias Petterson, but it's Elias Pedersen. Uh, centering your top line. I mean, they, they've got some nice pieces along with, you know, uh, uh, Brock look, Besser. Brock Besser. <laughs> oh, he's down there. Uh, Brock Besser. And, you know, they, they have some nice players up top. They basically went out in free agency and bought a third line, you know, Jay Beagle. And they they scooped up Josh Levo on, on waivers, who's looked pretty good for them. They pick up Tanner Pearson at the deadline. There are a lot of nice things that they've done to kind of build their depth, and they look pretty decent. But when you look at that defense, a defense is kind of just a jumbled lot of guys. And I don't see a – I mean, of course, they're going to look to free agency. Everyone, you know, if, if somebody's willing to come there, they're going to take a look at them. But Vancouver has guys coming. They have Quentin Hughes. Brother he's going Brother Jack Hughes, you know, yeah, he's going to be real good. I think there's a chance we see him this year, along with uh, Ole Levy, who is supposed to be kind of their next coming of a, a really good defenseman. Uh, plus Jet Wu, who is my favorite. Jet Wu, yeah, Jet Wu. Jet Wu. Uh, so there's there's a lot of guys that are there. It's just a matter of you know who's who's going to take and and. When it comes to Vancouver, they're not going to win unless their defense is able to to carry them a little better than they did
1: last year. That's very true. Yeah, I will say, um, you know, like we talked about, they got the good young pieces, but I do think, you know, a guy like Edler would be great to have back there just for that veteran leadership because there are a lot of young guys coming up, um, and if they can't snag him, you know, they need to look to free agency to bring in a big piece. Now, I don't think they're going to go out and, you know, Vancouver's not really a A place right now where if I'm a big name defenseman, you know, I'm going to say, oh, gosh, I got to go there. That's, you know, got to go there. But right. You know, obviously, I think uh, they're going to have to make a deal somewhere. Uh, they could look to a Carolina, maybe a team that you know, because typically teams at the draft they like to trade other co- to the other conference so they don't have to see those guys as much. But yeah, maybe yeah. you look at that team and say, "Hey, we need one of your one of your righties." Uh, what do you want for him? I'll tell you who who would be a great acquisition if
0: he doesn't resign in Toronto is Ron Hainsey. Interesting. He comes in. He's he has been, you know, numbers wise, he's he obviously carried by. Morgan Riley, but he is a guy who you could place with a younger defenseman and he will teach. He, he does really well in that role. He's a real veteran guy. I think, especially if Edler doesn't sign, I think he'd be worth bringing in on like a one year, $3 million deal where you can, you can have that stabilizing presence. You don't even have to play him every night. He's just going to be a good guy to have in your locker room. If he comes on a sh- uh, short term deal, he could be a good developer for a Quentin Hughes. I mean, put him with Quentin Hughes on that on that third pairing, or or
1: even you know, yeah, on the third. I'm pairing. giving Quentin Hughes some top four minutes if he's going to play on my team next year, or I'm sending him back down basically. So
0: yeah, well, if you send him back down, then
1: doesn't he have to? Then he has to go to the minors. Yeah, I think he no, does. he has to go to the Canadian Hockey League. Does he really? Right, I don't know what. Any anyway, another guy I really like too. I mean, I like the idea of Ron Hainsey. I don't think that's. Uh, the best fit, in my opinion. Um, to me, I, I look at a guy, if you can get Edler back, right, sign him on a two- or three-year deal, uh, a guy I really like, a fellow countryman by the name of Anton Strallman, I think. A right-handed defenseman, 32. He's a great penalty killer. Definitely still going to cost a little more. Right. Might cost a couple more bucks, but I think on a two- or three-year contract, I think would be a good stopgap to allow these younger guys to develop Jeez. and to provide some veteran leadership. Would you sign Strallman for four years not at all because someone's gonna give them four if someone gives them four they're nuts
0: they're gonna give them I four. would not absolutely not I, I think someone will give him four I mean if you go three three by five or four by four by four and a half I mean he made four and a half last
1: year right he's not gonna think, get that type I of money think he's again. he's
0: gonna get four and a half again at least
1: I think you got to give him he three and three He's
0: still a top four defenseman in Tampa Bay
1: yeah but um, three and three is what I, I would no give this guy way. and I wouldn't give him any more than that
0: well and I, I yes I understand. That's what you would do. Someone is going to give him far more than that.
1: Right, just like someone gave Lucic six million a season.
0: Yes, yes, that is true. Just like someone gave you know Kyle Ocposo Yes, six million dollars for seven years. Good grief. Good job, Buffalo, uh,
1: Vancouver. Where do you think they finish next year? You think they're they're in the playoff hunt? I, mean, I they think were, they're in the no. hunt for like a month. Yeah, I think they're they'll pretty much be around that bubble for a while um but i do think you know again they look at the teams around them san jose um you know vegas i think you know even edmonton might make a little bit more of a push depending on what they do in the offseason but ultimately i think this team finishes uh somewhere you know towards the the top top half of the bottom of the west um you know
0: yeah depending on what they do defensively
1: um yeah and and goaltending is also another. I like their goaltending. To be quite Markstrom looked pretty good last year. Yeah. I, he wasn't great, but he was good enough. Yeah. And Demko Thatcher, I or, I gotta That's say, Thatcher Demko, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I gotta say, he actually looks like he could be uh, a legit guy. So yeah, I'm and hoping they always he. Have Michael DiPietro down in the, right down in the so minors. So they g- they got some good some good goaltending. If there, they so. can get.
0: Good goal. If they got average goaltending, which they they, will, I think they're a playoff team. If they get average goaltending, actually, I think this team could be the surprise team of next year. I think.
1: I still think Arizona is that team, but,
0: you know, again. Elias Pedersen. He he, he could be legit. He could be even better. Yeah. Maybe he puts on like a pound and then he'll. You know he won't get hurt as much. That'd be great too. <laughs> won't get body slammed. The other thing is that this te- the only, really the reason this team kind of dropped was like Bo Horvat got hurt, Pedersen got hurt, and a lot of their top end guys got injured early in the year when they were in the playoff position, and then they really dumped out, and they, that's when they they kind of fell, and they they ended up finishing, you know, in the, what the bottom four, four of the West, something like that. So
1: I do think they have a shot if they can. Kind of Maybe this would team. be a good fit for a guy like uh, Wayne Simmons to play a top line role, you know, with Besser and uh, Pedersen. And I I think so. I think because of what Patrick Maroon was able to do in the playoffs,
0: right? I think that he's. Although I I think it'll probably be more like playoff teams are willing to give him a a certain type of deal, a little to bit bring more. him in. Sure, but we'll see. Okay, well that is uh, that's the next five. The I mean the entry draft is but three days away it's coming it is coming and uh yeah i'll be be watching we'll be tweeting we'll be talking all through the summer we don't go anywhere that is uh you know that's our thing when all the other shows go away for the summer we keep going so uh if you're looking for hockey podcasts if friends are telling you all my shows are going away for the summer point them to overtime hockey talk and uh, we'll see you guys on twitter and we'll talk to you guys soon